Heavy Metal Culture Clash with Geoff Thorpe from Vicious Rumors and Thomas Metal Moser from Rock Antenna, Germany's number one rock radio station. Hey, 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 look who's here. It's the Heavy Metal Culture Clash, guys. Unbelievable. The poster boys of heavy metal. At least one is here, Jeff Thorpe. Oh, at DJ <laughs> Metal Moser. It's incredible to be back, my friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Back with Heavy Metal Culture Clash. It's amazing. Season two is in full swing. It is. And I, I got to ask you something. Out of nowhere, because uh, you lived in the San Francisco area, you created the whole thing there. I'm a big fan of Primus. Oh, yeah. Have sure. you ever met those guys? Do you know those guys? Yeah, yeah. Less. Uh, he was in Blind Illusion. When Blind, he, I, I remember doing gigs with Blind Illusion when he was in the band. Really? Yeah, in You're the Bay Area. kidding me. Oh, right? no. I no. have their record like this for first or second one, but uh, then I think they, they, they went nowhere. Uh, and Larry Lalonde was in there, right? No, no, he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't Primus. I'm sorry. I, I he was knew, in Possessed, and then he was in Primus. Yeah, I knew Mark and um, and Les. You know, I didn't know. I don't know Les that well, but we, you know, I'm sure he would remember me from Vicious Rumors back then. I mean, you know, we all kind of started out right around the same time. Those were like the Ruthie's In days, which <laughs> which was like this place in Berkeley that I think was basically run by these two homeless guys that somehow got this basement <laughs> and, but a lot of crazy shows went on there. And uh, we actually played with Metallica there. Oh man. Metallica, vicious rumors and Exodus at Ruthie's end, man. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's really unbelievable. But, uh, it, it came, I was, a, I was a huge Primus fan when they came out and, uh, I saw not, you know, for the first record, the first of fry, I, I couldn't really go and, and see a show, but, uh, you go, where are you going? Oh, Okay. Beer 30, bro. Do you need some? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. And, uh, but I saw them with the Seven Seas, Sailing the Seas of Cheese tour here in Munich the first time. And it was incredible because he was such a, you know, less clear. The way he played bass, it was just, uh, oh, even yeah. for, for amateurs, I, I cannot play bass, but it was just nice to see. Uh, but I think Primus got weirder and weirder. <laughs> <laughs> and then some, sometimes, you know, at one point they lost me. It's funny, like all the great stuff that he did. And, and, and of course, he's an incredibly original bass player, yeah. like just his style of yeah. playing, super original and really talented. But, you know, he's probably had the most success from that jingle he does. What, uh, uh, the, the South Park jingle. The South Park jingle. Oh, man, right. Yeah. So, right. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's set for life off that. <laughs> you know, I think... I, I, I think huh? it's Merv Griffin. Yeah. Now, I'm really dating myself right now, but Merv Griffin was a talk show host in 60s, 70s. He wrote the theme for Jeopardy. The dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 dun. Yeah. The, the Jeopardy game show. Yeah. And I was reading somewhere, like, he just he made a fortune <laughs> off that little instrumental jingle, man. He just wrote that little 15-second melody. <laughs> And it, you gotta have it. and it's and it's played on TV, uh, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of times. Uh, he goes like ka-ching, ka-ching, yeah. ka-ching. It's amazing. So, um, yeah, Les's jingle in South Park. I mean, that's got to be up there too, man. South Park's a huge success, uh, right? Uh, I remember seeing Primus at the Ozfest in 1998 in Atlanta, Georgia. And they were on in the afternoon. And uh, the whole, you know, there was Slayer and there was Fear Factory and there was Static X, whatever, what what have you. Oh, yeah. yeah. I saw that tour, California. Yeah. yeah. And uh, 
you know, and, and it was afternoon and, and Primus played and it was really good. But the people were like, you know, not ignorant, but they were like, eh, whatever. And then he goes like and played this little bit of South Park and the whole place went nuts. Oh, that's and funny. Whole, the whole arena, the whole amphitheater went just crazy. Oh, yeah. And he just he just put it in. He included it in a song. He didn't play the whole song. You know? It's just crazy. I was like, everybody fucking knows that. It's insane. Yeah. Anyway. I haven't heard much from him. No, really. me neither. I know. I know they played a tour with Tool. Oh, okay, and it was very successful stateside. But Primus got weirder and weirder. <laughs> I mean, this is just weird shit. What they're doing? They did a record of this uh, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, whatever it's called, uh, the big American legend or fairy tale of what it is. And he did a soundtrack to that, and it's so weird that I couldn't. I couldn't. I I tried to listen to it for like three minutes. Or three thirty, and uh, and then I had to put it off. Like, man, I can't take it. Oh, okay, that's too much. But the funny thing is, I saw I saw Larry Lalonde with Possessed playing there when the, when they did the Seven Churches tour in nineteen eighty six or seven here in Germany, which was really cool. And then I saw him a couple of times with uh, with Primus, and uh, that was really good. So I kind of kind of like him. I just figured that uh, after the success of Primus, like Les could pretty much do anything. I guess so. Yeah. I think I think he even was considered, or one, or I don't know if cons- how considered, whatever. But yeah. I heard that he was one of the guys that tried out for Metallica before they hired Ross. Right, that's true. That's true. Is that true? Yeah, you I think I heard. Too? Yeah, I yeah. heard that too. That's true. Although yeah. it seemed like it just you know he was like twice as tall as anybody, and <laughs> you know, kind of would have been like maybe the weirdest thing ever. But <laughs> but he was definitely good enough to do it. I mean. Yeah, um, oh, totally. Bass playing wise. Metallica's although I love really Rob and Metallica, like the guy they got now is just, yeah. you can't really beat that. Uh, yeah, that's true. Well, Metallica uh, going to come back here in uh, in summer playing uh, arena shows. No, uh, outdoor arena shows. Let's put it that way. Mm. And uh, back in the day, like uh, uh, when they came out with St. Anger, I think it was the last time they, they tried to play arena shows. They wouldn't really sell out the big ones, but now they do easy easy with the with no it was just just just, on their own yeah yeah just on their own it's just crazy and they obviously bring ghost again as special guest which still doesn't fit really but Mm. uh i guess ghost has to be any everywhere we weren't available Uh, sorry about that i'm sorry about that yeah Yeah. sorry yeah too hard it's gonna be we'll be at the backstage that night giving free massages So I, I would recommend you guys, you know, people show up. <laughs> but no, I'm, I plan on uh, attending that show too. I, I, I really want to see their European stadium show. I know it's going to be epic. And, uh, you know, they've gotten the, the giant show down to a science for sure with the, you know, the people they yeah. work with. They work with the best in the business. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible, man. It's You think of heavy metal in general is probably – today's top three on most unpopular forms of music ever you know i mean with you know with with rap and pop and and hip-hop and and all that stuff but then the biggest band in the world arguably right now is metallica so it's just it's amazing how it's like just them and then the next biggest metal band is kind of way down here but it's still good it's great for heavy metal and yeah Yeah, in europe it's a little bit different because you know we have we have maiden that's true. They don't sell out that big of a stadium that Metallica would, but they're 
like 30,000 behind them. So they would, they would sell at 25,000 seaters. You guys still get metal that reaches the top charting positions. Oh, here, yeah, yeah, And that's yeah. awesome. Time, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm in Germany and in Europe all the time. I love if it Even you make the charts. I, I, even even <laughs> I made the charts here. Even you make the charts. That's yeah. right, baby. <laughs> Great shit. I, love, I was really happy for you back then. Thank you, man. Thank you. Charts, thank right? you. Yeah. Thank you. That's pretty cool. We're, we're working on a new one now and a uh, new album now, but we're, we got so much touring coming up. So, yeah, thank you, brother. Um, and thank, <laughs> thanks to all the people who support Vicious Rumors in Germany, man. We couldn't do it without you guys. Yeah, it's funny because in uh, recent times, we had a lot, a couple of number one records, heavy metal records. And uh, it's uh, Within Temptation, the Dutch metal band, is, you mm -hmm. know, stuff that you don't like really. I think they did a great, great new record. I appreciate their musicianship. I will say that. Yeah. I, there's no doubt about that. They're top quality musicians. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, and, and they're top producers as well. They, exactly. they know what they do, what they have to do in the studio. Yeah, they sound amazing. Their records always sound good. Yeah, yeah. So they they kind of reinvented themselves again with Resistance. They made the number one here in Germany, which is really decent. I'm, That's I'm, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy for them too. That's really cool. We pushed them hard, actually. But they're really good. The songs are really good. So, and then there is uh, Avantasia, which is maybe not that known in the states, but uh, it's this not <sighs> not really, not it's, really. But I know they're they're just monstrous here. And it's and it's funny because it's something. It's it's a cross between between a musical, an opera, Meatloaf, and Sabotage. So you know the same spirit. Uh, is there and uh, it's all from this guy uh, to be a summit sure it was, uh, who has this other band called Ed Guy of and, course and he, of course he, but he has uh, the, the, the the Avantasia project until, uh, since uh, 2000 and 2001 and he's becoming so successful with it and he invites all those uh, singers for different roles and characters and whatever and so you always have a nice bag of uh, surprises when you have a new record mm -hmm. you know for the latest one he brought in Candice Knight. Oh, okay. Richie Blackmore's girlfriend. Sure. Uh, did you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe you know her too well. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not really sure, but... Uh, a sweet lady. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's all right. And uh, Bob Catley from Magnum. Yeah. Jeff Tate from, uh, you know... Oh, that's cool. I didn't know Jeff Tate was on board now. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, it's a pretty decent thing. Yeah, yeah, I saw their performance at Wacken in yeah. 2014. Yeah, and I think God, they must have played like three hours or something. Yeah, it was yeah. some massively long thing, and, I, and they used like the whole stage. They, the other stage was dark, and they like they'd use the lights from both stages. I mean, yeah, they, right. they really had a huge show. That was really cool. You know, something I wanted to bring up was the new Queensrÿche, and that Todd, yeah. you know, Todd Latore. Yeah who, in my opinion, came into Queensryche and just did this incredible job keeping that sound and keeping it really uh, the initial sound of Queensryche and also taking it into the future. I don't know if people are aware of this or not, but he also played the drums on the, on the newest I album. I know, I know, because yeah. I had to replace the, 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 the original drummer, Scott Rockenfield, what, what his name is. Yeah, Scott Rockenfield, I guess he's like taken, you know, he needed a year off. For yeah, for injury some, reasons, I guess. I, I guess because he's got back problems. Really, I heard it was like family stuff. You never know, man. You never know. So basically, business. it's alcohol. Okay. Good. So that always means if you're conflicting <laughs> stories, it's alcohol. <laughs> Roast. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, Todd played the drums on the Queensryche album, yeah. and he's the singer, which to me makes him 
like I, he might as well just walk around with like a superhero cape <laughs> with a big giant, you know, uh, cue on it. But hey, this is this is something you are very familiar with. I mean, you do everything in Wishes Rumors. You play guitar. I mean, you don't sing. Well, I do. I, I'm not sure, but yeah, no, I do a lot of vocals too. Exactly. <laughs> if but you then, want to call it singing. You you build the stage, you sell the merch, you drive the bus, you make the food, you put them to bed, the other band members. What, what else? What is there you don't do? Right? I mean, that's everything. Well, you put them on cruises, you know? It's been good, man. I got a great team. I got a great team. And, and it's you, you, and W. <laughs> I love to do whatever I can to help the band, but I've always built a solid team around me. And that's the way I've been able to survive all these years, like with a great bunch of guys you know, helping me out back to the Queensryche thing yeah, for one more yeah, minute. Yeah. I just thought it was like, to me, like the last time I saw Queensryche with Jeff Tate, yeah. it was like no one on the stage even broke a sweat. And I, I love Jeff Tate. Yeah. So I, I, it's, it pains me to say it because I've always loved yeah. Queensryche and Jeff Tate. But at the end there, it was just like, so like, I don't know, man, it just wasn't happening. And I just think that Todd coming in, and and doing what he did, and now even playing the drums on the album. I mean, it's just the guy was meant to be in Queensrÿche. But that's another big, big topic to discuss. Does it make sense? You know, because for all those, for all nostalgia reasons, you want to see Queensrÿche in a sort of original lineup, whatever it is, the classic lineup, you know, yeah. the whatever the most popular lineup. And then changing and rearranging and putting other band members in and out, that doesn't really help the band, does it? I mean, for you, obviously, for obvious reasons, you cannot, you know, put in the original singer, obviously. It's, mm -hmm. yeah, cool. But, but Queensryche and for, I don't know, just think about Kiss and that, that the whole discussion and debate with Peter Chris and Ace Freely. Now, because it's the final tour, you know, all the fans want, you know, they think, well, maybe they come back in. No, they don't, because Gene Simmons says, like, no, fuck you. You know, they're all alcoholics, or we're alcoholics, and blah, blah, blah. And you have all those, sh those shitstorms going backwards and forwards, and uh, it doesn't really help a band. It, it doesn't help a band, but here's the reality. If you love a band, if you like their sound, then you have to be able to roll with time. Like nothing in this universe is sitting still. We are constantly moving. We are constantly spinning. We're Come constantly to the point. rotating. <laughs> the, 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 the point is, yeah. if, if you're, unless you just want that music to end, life goes on, man. I mean, like any time that you have a long lasting band or a long lasting relationship or yeah. a long lasting company, things yeah. are going to change the company and, side i see you and, and nobody except easy top as far as i can tell has the original members so you too yeah okay. but that's not hard rock at all but <laughs> but no that counts though i mean that, that there's very but that there you go we came up with two you know what i mean there's so many bands and and uh you know like you know todd's also um You know, I remember when he was in Crimson Glory and we did some shows together with Vicious Rumors and stuff. You know, oh, so, Todd was in Crimson Glory. Yeah, Todd, I saw him at the Banging Head Festival. He was the singer, he was of, Crimson singer Glory. of Crimson Glory. That's right. Our main right, yeah. And so, um, and he was a drummer in bands before that. And um, Wasp. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and the crazy thing is, the guy, from what I understand, yeah. had not played drums in eight years. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and like, and like just pulled his chops together and, and played on this album. That takes an amazing amount of talent. 
So there's, but you know, there's always people that want to tear a band down for yeah. having changes. Get over it because yeah, that's just, I'm trying. That I'm is trying. Just, that I'm is trying. just part of life. Okay. Change <laughs> is part of life. But then there you have, <laughs> you have the exception to the rule, which is a band called Halloween. And what they did is they just scattered all the members pretty much who are still alive. Yeah, there's like 20 of them, right? <laughs> and they play a three-hour set, and they have all their original singers and guitarists and shit on there. When they make yeah, a yeah. bus big enough for 40 bunks, <laughs> I'll bring everyone back to the Vicious Rumors. <laughs> okay, I get the, I'll, I'll get the point. I'll get the point. But wouldn't it be nice to see Iron Maiden with all the original singers? They're still alive, you know. Well, like Paul, Paul Diano or something? Paul Diano. Oh, that, yeah. Just think they play Paul, with Paul Diano, they play Murders in the Room Morgue or something. Wow. Oh, my God. I'd be having an erection. Yeah, it's incredible. <sighs> and I would be standing right beside you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can, uh, I wanted to finish my beer, but now I don't think I can put anything in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, relax. All right, easy. Totally yeah, that's, you, you, that's another podcast. I loved, I loved, this, I loved the idea. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. And you know, um, it's funny because at the Keep It True thing that we're doing in April, at the end of April, yeah. we are performing with Carl Albert's son, yeah. Kevin. And and he is a chip off the old block. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, he he looks like Carl. He's got Carl's personality. He's funny. I mean, he, he is a funny charismatic guy just like his dad and he's got a great voice and people you know every time we've performed with him on uh, three very special occasions yeah. and uh, people always get kind of this nostalgic feeling you know and he it does a great job you know vicious rumors has, has been a as, is a band that's been around long enough to be part of the keep it true and do something kind of yeah. special reunion yeah. Yeah. which is what the keep it true festival is all about yeah, making a right. really special kind of event you, you gotta you gotta tell all the listeners maybe a stateside that the keep it true festival is very very small it it is. it's not like there's gonna be fifty thousand people no 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 no, 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 no. it's like three and it's indoor yeah, three thousand indoor. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. but of the most hardcore following, probably probably the same two thousand people every year. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's always sold out immediately. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's Don't a legendary festival, yeah. mainly for what they do in the billing because yeah. they'll have bands, a lot of bands like Vicious Rumors that are still going and still active, but and nobody then, would even know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> ouch. <laughs> But that was, that was hard. <laughs> but but then they'll do something special like you know so these reunions like Agent Steel's going to be there with their original singer Candlemass Candlemass is going to be there with their first singer and you know our singer Nick their first singer was not Messiah Marklin no was that's somebody right. else it's somebody else on the first record somebody else played right it's, yeah I uh, sang yeah right right right, right. the Epicus Dumicus Metallicus yeah, yeah of exactly but <laughs> and then our singer Nick Courtney. Is also going to be there, and uh, Nick's a great guy, and he's you know totally uh, you know respectful of our long career, so yeah. it's really awesome. And uh, but we've got a we've got a killer lineup right now. When really we're just coming from seventy tons, doing these tours, getting back, we're getting ready to cut a new album. We just signed another two album deal with SPV. So again, we love Germany what? again. We love SPV, Ollie Hahn, and the guys. <laughs> and um, man. So it's a life record and a best of. What else comes? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. We're doing two killer studio albums coming. How many songs do you have ready already? Well, none. But uh, 
But let me tell you this. We got a, just a warehouse full of ideas and parts. And uh, we've been writing my partner on guitar, you might, uh, virtuoso guitarist, uh, Gunnar DeGray, incredible player, uh, bringing a lot of fire to the band. He's also writing with me. And um, we have a new bass player, Cody Green. Fuck, just, you know badass players cody's also a technical like incredible guitarist mm. that kind of switched to bass for vicious rumors all right and just has a super groove on the bass and is a monster shredder so we got a, we got a lot of firepower on the guitar right now mm. we've always always had that uh larry the heartbeat of the band on the drums so yeah man it's just uh, so when are you going to bring in desmond child Yeah, that'd be <laughs> sick to work with him. I, I would love to do that. I don't even know what he's this guy is doing. He's still alive. Or something. Yeah, it'd be cool, like just to hang out with that guy. You know what I mean? He must have like a ton of stories, just crazy Man, stories. Yeah. yeah, insane stories. Yeah, he worked with everybody. He was with everyone. It's oh, crazy. Man. Oh, but, but it's a stupid joke, actually. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when are you gonna bring in James Hetfield? No, oh, okay, okay. man. Oh, James. He's the man. Those Metallica guys never do something on the outside, right? With any other uh, uh, people. Not, not, not that much. Not really. Not no. really. No side projects, no nothing. No. That's crazy. Yeah. You, cannot, you don't have like blah, blah, blah featuring James Hetfield. He did one. Not if there was Metallica who did something for the King's tribute with uh, Ray Davidson. I think the uh, most thing they do is like, you know, yeah, like, you know, when they'll, you know, they perform with Lady Gaga at the Grammys or they'll do some weird. Well, that's still Metallica, you know? Yeah. And the Lou Reed's thing. But like, it was Metallica and not somebody from Metallica doing something else. Right. That's, uh, there's kind of a beauty to that, I think, that's made them the biggest band in the world. I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, that, I, it's hard for I, me to question anything they do. They're so successful. I think that Lars Ulrich tried to do something else, but nobody wanted him. But that's, uh, you know, that's for obvious reasons. <laughs> Still, you know, I cannot wait for Lars Ulrich to play at least five times wrong when he does the stadium show in, in Munich. I, I don't know, man. I think he gets a really bad rap, man. I don't know. I, you were at the last show in Munich. You heard what he did. I didn't. What? 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 He kicked ass. No, he did. I don't know, he, man. He kicked mediocre ass, I, I would say. I don't think so, man. I don't know. I just think he gets I a really... I heard him play wrong twice so badly <laughs> that my beer was shaking in my hand. I was like, oh, no, no. You know what's funny is that, um, and, and it's kind of awesome too, but they have some kind of thing for their fan club. I, yeah. I think it's just for their fan club where you can like tune in you can go to their concert and then just like you can tune in to each guy's tracks you can actually hear them by themselves or something i, I, I'm okay. not, I'm I didn't not, know that this no they okay. off they offer some kind of thing like some kind of live experience where the you can ear sound or whatever they have. yeah I, i that's what i heard i mean i don't uh i can't even remember exactly where i'm Maybe I should just shut the fuck up. I don't know. <laughs> But um, <laughs> I just heard something where like they they do offer some live thing where you can like almost make your own mix or something. All right. I don't know. But I think Lars gets a bad rap because I think he's, I don't know. Well, he's still the drummer of the biggest heavy metal band in the world. Yeah, that's yes, true. Yes, But so was Ringo Starr back then in the Beatles. And even Paul McCartney played better drums. I mean, <laughs> you know. Ah, oh, never mind. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Lars, if you're ever going to hear this. Don't beep me up. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm, I'm not worthy, but have you ever watched Charlie Watts from the Stones yeah. play the drums? Yeah, he, yeah. That's he's one of the most unusual drummers ever. Like the just the way he plays. Like yeah, it, it might yeah. be kind of a simple beat, but like when you watch him, it looks like I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 
it's jazz drumming and jazz school all over. Somehow. Yeah, it's, yeah. That must be it because it's not it's not traditional at all. He has a very unique style the way he does it. But uh, God, speaking of speaking of drummers, just while we're on a couple of, couple of my favorite drummers, I I love uh, drummer that played. He came from Sacred Reich and went to Machine Head, and now Peter he's Chris. now he's back, <laughs> now he's back in Sacred Reich. But that dude is badass and. Um, Phil Dem, no, not Phil Demo. No, no, no that's that was the a guitarist. guitarist. That's the guitarist. Yeah. What? Uh, some, some. Oh man, forgot his name. Yeah, and the guy from Seven Dust. I don't know if you ever seen them, but that guy. No, I've never seen them live. He's an incredible drummer. Seven Dust is a is a is an amazing band because uh, they have nowhere near the following over here that they have stateside. Oh wow! Uh, because I, they toured, I think, a couple of months ago here, and it was pretty much decently you know sold out but it was smaller venues mm -hmm. and uh but in the states i mean they're huge you know but i don't know what why it is that way so i have no idea but anyway i, I mean my, my one of my favorite drummers is dave lombardo i mean i can't oh, help i can't help it i mean it's, he's incredible yeah yeah i've watched him I was, I was lucky enough to see at least one slayer show on stage and i was standing right next to dave lombardo's drum kit and it was like a meter away like you know And I watched him playing, and he was, and he, I mean, this guy is high all the time. Is he? He is. Oh, he wow. is. He smokes weed. He's, he, okay. likes, he likes his weed. But uh, if you're a weed smoker, how can you play so goddamn fast? And so, so precisely. <laughs> yeah, he's incredible. It's amazing. You know, he had this little tiny bell, like next to his, included into his drums. And he had to hit it once with a drum roll, you know. And he, you could see how this bell sound was coming up, and he was waiting for it. And he, He did exactly the right spot at the right time. I would have missed it twice, even trying to hit this little fucking cowbell, you know, but he, he nailed it. And it's just amazing. I'll, I'll tell you, man, my favorite drum solo I've ever seen live, hands down, Eric Carr. Eric Carr? I've never Eric, seen Eric Carr. Eric, I've seen Eric Carr live only once, I think. So. Eric Carr was, he did this drum solo where he had these triggers and these pads with yeah. like big distorted guitar chords. All right. So, so like he's doing this really cool drum solo anyway. And then he just right out of the, like out of this really radical fill and like this crazy drum solo he's doing busts into this killer groove and starts hitting these guitar chords on these pads. I mean, and I just, I'd never seen a drummer do that before. And he had these like sampled guitar chords thing. And he did this kind of like, he played this kind of like song and this groove, like with just him doing it. Was he mask or was he unmasked? Because oh, I've never seen this on tape or anywhere on video or on YouTube. No, I gotta I watch think, this. I think it I was. I gotta watch this. I thought he had the makeup still. Okay. Yeah. I think so. Because okay. I think it was with Vinnie Vincent and they still had the makeup. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was blown away by that drum solo. Yeah, that yeah. that particular drum solo always stuck with me because he's just the way after the killer technical part, he went into this killer groove and played with these guitar chords. It was just badass. <laughs> the best drum solo I've seen, and I have no idea how to play the drums or even so. One of the best ones I've seen is definitely 1986, Randy Castillo playing with Ozzy Osbourne at the Monsters of Rock. And, oh, uh, when, he, when he's like playing everything? He's like he, running around? He was running around. Yeah, playing everything. Man. Like the stands and I was, I was like, oh my. It was, I was on the edge. It was so good. Yeah, he's was, a great drummer. Yeah, yeah. It was insane. And he was playing outside around and everything. And I was like... Eyes were great. I mean, I know there's there's more technical drummers than some of the guys we're talking about, but these guys did something that sticks with you. Yeah, and if you that's that's kind of the key. You know, you can be the best drummer in the world, but still, you 
there's there's a good chance that you never have the groove or precision of a Phil Rudd of ACDC <laughs> who goes out and there's 80,000 people waiting for you in the stadium. He goes out, he lights up a cigarette and he starts playing. You know, it's like he's going into a bar and you see that you go like, oh my God. Yeah, it's pretty good. And it's the simplicity. Yeah. Yeah. Just, the, just to not play a Phil. <laughs> speaking of them, did you hear that uh, Brian Johnson's doing something with them again or? Uh, not not just Brian Johnson, but even Cliff Williams. So they are supposed coming back. To, so supposed to be back in a bit. Well, that's the best thing. And it's the most. Because yeah, I don't see how they could survive without those two guys. No, no. And you know, I, I, you know, if if Angus would have continued, I mean, I, I nothing against Axl Rose. You know, I think he did a, a decent job doing all those vocals uh-huh. and bringing all those. But ACDC is ACDC. Right. And I, and, it's not Axel DC. It's not Axel DC. And it's <laughs> not, it's it's all those members. Yeah. And you, you need to have those. Otherwise, this is just, it's just moronic. All those fans were already like uh, really pissed about Axel. Yeah. But I think Axel was not, Axel was not the problem. Axel was not the problem. He was just part of a most of, of, of this whole puzzle that, just fell apart, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, I think if if you want to have ACDC around for the next couple of years, Angus had to bring those guys back. And I don't know if they're going to tour this lineup, but I think they're going to record now, or I think they put some finishing touches on some old recordings that they did. That's what I heard. Oh, that's cool. But I think otherwise he would Angus Young would have destroyed his own uh, reputation. Yeah. In order to bring ACDC down, it takes a lot. Sure. Yeah. To take this giant down. Because realistically, if Angus was to go on without him, they'd probably still play arenas. They probably still would. I mean, they're they're probably one it, of the few bands that could get away with it. It's still it's still arenas, but it's still it's it's not ACDC. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. I mean, I think if they have Brian and Cliff back yeah. with Angus and the guitar player that they got to yeah. replace Malcolm, who's yeah. part of their family, yeah. Then that, and then either, that makes sense. Then either and Phil, Phil or, Rutt, or, yeah. or Chris Slade on drums. One of those guys. I think they even have Phil Rutt back. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm sure he I appreciates heard. that after his nightclub tour. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I had a friend who went to see Phil Rudd and whatever his band name was. In the uh, they went to, to to Zurich, and he played 45 minutes. Oh wow! And then they went off stage. And they paid like a shitload. I know Phil Rudd played at the backstage like not too long ago. I didn't go there. Yeah. Did you go? No. Oh, man. The backstage is a club in Munich for all listeners out there. That's right. That's right. It's a small little club where the little metal mosey likes to DJ once in a while. When's your birthday? When is your birthday? I don't even know when your birthday is. 11. 11. No. I'm a November 11. I've been doing this for my whole life. No shit. I've been doing this my whole life, bro. You are? Okay. So no birthday present for you. I, no, I don't know. <laughs> no, the backstage, just um, just to tell our listeners, is uh, an incredible venue. It's uh, a multi-venue with three yeah. rooms, yeah. a very cool little nightclub, yeah. uh, a medium-sized little hall, and then a pretty decent... Medium means like 500 people that get in there. Yeah, yeah. And then and then the decent uh, larger venue, I don't know, what's that, about 1,200 or something? 1,500? 12 to 1,500. Yeah. And it's all in one kind of complex yeah. with a very cool atmosphere. Sometimes there's multiple shows going on at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, definitely a very cool... Cool place in yeah, Munich. It's, yeah, it's the coolest place we have in Munich, I guess. Uh, it's uh, it's not nice 
<laughs> <laughs> to be on the aesthetic side. But it's got but a great vibe. It's got a great vibe. That's true. Yeah. Definitely. A good uh, time. Many good times there. Yeah. And uh, on Friday nights, I think you can buy all the drugs you want there. But still. Whoa. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, no doubt about it. That's just reality. I mean, it's not that I need to take any of those. And uh, and when I DJ, I drink for free, so I'm good. But, uh, <laughs> but still, you know, you got to face it, though. Uh, I love it. it when you DJ, I even drink for free, so I love it. <laughs> That's true, unfortunately. True. <laughs> where were we? Great dramas. I don't know. There's a Ferrat ACDC. That's where we were. Yeah. Right? The- yeah, kind of, kind of looking forward to this, actually. I think it's going to happen this year. Something's cool. going to happen. That's cool. Uh, yeah, because I think uh, uh, when they decided to do rock or a bust, it took them three months to do the whole record stuff. Just write a bunch of songs and then go in and punch them out. So they're very old school when it comes to that. And uh, they don't need that long. I like that, man. I mean, sometimes I think it's just you can get, you can get, you know, when you hear of like bands that spent a year getting a snare tone. I mean, if you can't get a snare tone in like an hour, then you got a big problem. Like get a new drum, go to another, you know, I don't know, man, but no productions uh, are so, you know, nowadays the production level quality, the bar is so high, even at people's home studios because the, you know, the technology is, is just there to make excellent recordings. So, but I think it's, you know, when you have a simple approach and a formula that works, you know, like ACDC does, that's just solid gold. But what do you th- what do you say then to bands such as Tool, who work on a record for thirteen years plus, and it's going to come out this year, I, I guess. Well, I for mean, some reason that would absolutely drive me nuts. I mean, you know, I like to get in, work hard, finish the project, and move on to the next one. Yeah. So Dragon and like the same thing I think with that Chinese Democracy album, right? Yeah. With Guns and Roses, that took like forever, right? How, like 11 years or something. Yeah. Uh. Uh, you know, and who knows if they're actually working on the album the whole time. I'm sure there's a lot of downtime where they didn't even do anything yeah. with the album. Right. But yeah, for me, um, that's too much. You know, I, I like to get in, keep it hot, keep the energy up, catch some magic in the studio yeah. and get out. There's, there's a bunch of lazy men. I mean, uh, just to be honest, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but uh, I still, until this very day, I'm going to defend Chinese democracy as much as I can with everything I have. Because I love this record. It's a good record, man. I, I love it. I'm not against it at all. It all just right, I right. was just talking about like how long it took. You know, like it's true. It's that true, yeah. would be like just very frustrating for me. But yeah. when I heard the record, I was like, wow. I mean, it sounded like Guns N' Roses, and it didn't. It also had didn't sound like Guns N' Roses. Like it, it was kind of yeah. like an alien mix of you know, you know something to, new. And <laughs> back the, back then when it came out, I had to defend this record against Duff McKagan. Oh. Because he was kind of laughing about it. Okay. I was like, dude, this record is not overproduced. It's perfectly produced. With every nuance you have on this record, it's perfectly produced. And I didn't know what I was saying, but I was just saying it because I love this record so much. Yeah. <laughs> I was like just throwing in like whatever. And uh, and I told, and, and he, we came to, we, we touched upon this, this Guns N' Roses, you know. I told him, look, this is Guns N' Roses 11, 12, or 13 years later. What do you think you guys would sound like when you were still together? I tell you, you would sound like that. You would sound like the Chinese democracy. And uh, I think he ate that. <laughs> <laughs> it went over like a Led Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, that was kind of funny, actually. I mean, he talked for, I don't know, over an hour. And he was wow. with his solo band, you know, whatever it was called, Duff McKagan's Loaded, I think it was. Okay. And uh, Duff is a great guy. 
I love this guy to death, really, because he's so he's he's a superstar, and he knows it. But on the end, he's so down to the ground, you know. Because I did I did an official interview, and then we 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 talked like for hours for on on the other stuff and all the other stuff that was there. And then he went out. He did his gig, and I was like, "Yeah, that's it." You know, that's pretty much it. And then he came back from the gig, and I was just I was just crossing his way, and he was like, "Dude, how do you like it?" I'm like, oh, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> you know, just, just, it was like, oh, yeah, uh, thanks, Thomas. That's good. Yeah, so, so that was like, you know, and this coming from a superstar being so, you know, just approaching you, I felt humbled, you cool. know. I was like, that was really cool. So he's, he's still a cool guy. I talked to him like three or four times. Oh, cool. It was always good. It was always good. Do you think, uh, does Guns N' Roses play songs from Chinese democracy? Yes, they do. They play three songs. They had pl- three songs in their set. Oh, cool. Which was really surprising. Yeah. But uh, that's I, cool. I think they took really good ones too. The better song, I think Chinese Democracy, uh, the title track, which was better in the leaked version. Have you ever heard the leaked version of Chinese Democracy versus the original, uh, the, no. the, the one that came out? They had 10 songs that leaked. And I got it from a guy because I didn't, back then, I wouldn't even know how to find this stuff on the internet. I had no idea. But this guy sent me the zip file. He goes like, look, listen to this. And that's the first time I heard it, like two years before it came out. And uh, Chinese Democracy had like a different drum sound, different drum beat to the title track. It wasn't just dung, 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 dung. It was dung, 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 dung. This double snap. And I love this much more. So it's, okay. like, a, it's like a typical Iron Maiden snap. I don't know. And uh, so I like this one better. And uh, when I'm not giving up the, the hope that I'm going to interview Axl Rose one day. I mean, the chances are slim. They were slim with David Bowie. Now they're, you know, zero. But uh, with X Rose, I still hope that I can get him one time. Okay. I'm going to ask him, why did you change the fucking drums on to try this democracy? I got to know. I really got to know. I'm talking about this. Have you heard about the incident with Gene Hoagland and Metallica? No. Gene Hoagland uh, was asked, because he was a drummer for uh, Dark Angel. Right. You know? And uh, they did this uh, record, Darkness Descends. And the title track is the first track on the record. And uh, it's got a specific drum sound. And it, it's totally similar to Metallica's one. At the end where Lars Uri goes like... Right. Dark Angel does that at the intro. This whole... The same. And, uh, and uh, one is uh, two years later, you know, than, than Darkness Descends. So uh, Gene Hoagland was asked like... Yeah, did he ever realize that this is like, you know, uh, Metallica's one? He goes like, yeah, 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 of course I realized. They stole this all from me. You know, those rookies just stole it from me. I should have, I should have sued them. And uh, then he said he didn't, you know, because he was for, for all the right or wrong reasons. He didn't sue or didn't say anything, you know. It was just like, whatever, you know. Shit's happening, whatever. And uh, then a couple of years later, he met one of the Metallica techs. And he told him the story about the, the similarities about those songs and the drum songs. Right. And this tech said to him, look, you should have sued. They would, <laughs> they, they would have they given you a hundred grand just to shut up. Oh, man. <laughs> For no, no reason. No doubt. But if you listen to this, folks out there, put on Darkness Descends by Dark Angel and then put on uh, One. And then you hear what we're talking about. It's really funny. It's really funny. Gene Hoagland's a hell of a drummer, too. He played for a lot of bands. He played for I saw him, Angel. I saw him in Death Clock. Oh, right, right. That was his own band, though, I think. They, they were, like uh, well, they were like uh, the band that did uh, 
the soundtrack for that whole cartoon thing. Uh, yeah, you know, right, the, right, the right, 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 right. Metal Octopus yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, was he in Megadeth for a time? No, no, he wasn't. I'm not sure. He might, you know, he might have filled in. Was or he something. in Testament? Yeah, he's, he's still in Testament. But um, Gene, I, I, it blows me away, like how brutal the guy can play. But when you watch him, he looks so relaxed. <laughs> It's so, unbelievable. Like he's so like laid back the way he does it. Like he does it with so much control. It's like Ian Pace, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Ian Pace, incredible drummer, different, you know, in a different way. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, real, really something, man. Like just a master of his instrument. Talking about masters, how do you still have to like rehearse when you play guitar? Oh, you know, you want to. You know, you want to play guitar. That's the whole thing about it. You know, it's like, I also enjoy times when I put it down yeah. you know, for a little bit too. Yeah. And it just makes it more fun when I pick it up again. But uh, yeah, you want to, you want to play. And I, and um, yeah. I, I definitely rehearse before tours and things that we do because I just want to be, we don't like, especially in vicious rumors, we don't all live in the same area. Yeah. So when uh, we make our plans, we get together for like one rehearsal and then start a tour. So everybody's got to show up at that one rehearsal already rehearsed, <laughs> ready, you know, ready to go with the, whatever we do. But, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's the level of, uh, of talent that I'm fortunate enough to deal with. They, like the guys can come in, everybody's ready, boom, and we do it. I mean, there's the rare instance where we even play songs for the first time in front of people. Yeah. Like, yeah. um, that's not my favorite thing to do, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> But it's exciting. It's exciting when it goes well. <laughs> What do you say to this, to the to the fact that not not just guitar players, but all people people playing instruments are a dying breed with all the computers that can replace instruments. So you know you have guitar companies, big guitar companies that are in financial trouble because they don't sell the, their, their hardware anymore because mm -hmm. kids don't come up and play guitar anymore. You know, in in America, there was a, a real problem with music programs in schools. Were like the first thing that they cut when they were when, yeah. when they were budget problems. Like the first thing, boom, yeah, yeah. music program gone. You know, theater gone. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Then sports, they always try to hold on to, of course. Yeah. But even some of that gone. That's and that's <laughs> that's actually one of the reasons why you know European style football, what we call soccer, became started becoming so popular too. Because hey, this is great. All we need is two big nets and a ball. <laughs> and we already got a big grass yard out there. So uh, hell with this football and baseball. All these damn uniforms and p moving pieces and you know. <laughs> so, but uh, and and now it's uh, quite popular in America too. But. Um, I don't know. I see it coming back, though. I do. Like I, I, I mm. sometimes I, I, I search around on YouTube, re, you know, and and like I'm, I'm seeing these like 14 year old girls that are like Ingve Malmsteen on yeah. guitar, just yeah. like, sh you know, shredding like uh, unbelievable. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I think uh, in some ways it's it's kind of like heavy metal. It's just never going to die, you know. <sighs> But at the same time, I hear exactly what you're saying. Yeah. It's just like it. You know, it's the first thing that gets cut. It uh, gets phased out. And in popular music today, like pop music and yeah. stuff, sometimes, you know, there's no guitar. There's no guitar. <laughs> you know? No, no, no. There are no instruments. Yeah. It's all just samples. Uh, it's It's been a way, you know, invented in the 90s or made public in the 90s. That's why and in VR we put four solos in every song. <laughs> you know, think think modern. Put three <laughs> solos and one rap part. <laughs>
that that's would, the way that it goes. That would be so wrong for us. <laughs> that would just be so wrong. But um, <laughs> you should do like a spoken word part. Uh, now storytelling and spoken word. Now, now you're talking. About now you're talking my language. That's, that's my thing. Man, but, uh, I don't know. We, I think we got to stop right there. All right, brother. And uh, say goodbye to the next time the heavy metal culture clash. The heavy and, metal culture clash moves forward into the future. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, you know, we don't need to learn instruments in order to do that. <laughs> That's right. Which is good for me. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's been a great time, Thomas. Thank you so much, my friend. Keep it heavy. Keep it metal. Yeah. Metal Moser, you rule. No, no, you do. You know that. Heavy Metal Culture Clash. Subscribe to our channel for more heavy rock and metal podcasts. 